stops working. I think we sang that this morning. You ever, you ever driven down a road and you, you see, they used to have men at work. Now you can't put that on the signs anymore because that is uh, offensive. But anyway, I don't know what they say today, people working or whatever, but they used to say men at work. And then you would get there and you'd look around and you'd say, where are the men? And they're sleeping or whatever they're, you know, but... Uh, uh, God is always at work. Wow, it's good to see you guys. This is a typical day at uh, the gathering. We're just so grateful. Jerry couldn't get anything out hardly, and uh, that's pretty awesome. And we just want God. I have no idea what to do myself, and, um, but I know that people need the Word of the Lord. I was thinking over there this morning... You know, I looked it up to make sure I had it right. And you should do that, especially if you're going to, you know, be somebody that stands up here. You need to make sure you got it right. You know, rightly dividing the word of truth. And you should do that in your own devotion time. You know, make sure you're rightly dividing. You know, don't just come up with what somebody said is true or what you want to be true. I mean, if you know what you want to be true is not always the truth, but rightly divide. But I was looking at the Scripture in Amos, and it says there would be a famine of the Word of the Lord. And I, you know, I've always looked at that, and I've, I've almost complained. I said, God, how can there be a famine in America? We've had their Bible preaching every you know, you just turn on the radio, turn on the television, whatever. There's constant 24 hours a day. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe it's um, not speaking about that, but uh, just the hearing. Maybe people aren't hearing today. And I would agree that's probably true in some cases. But that Scripture actually says there's a famine of hearing the Word of the Lord, which means... There is a word versus the word. Does that make sense? You know, we've, we, I mean, I appreciate when we hear a word from God, but this is the hour we got to hear the word of the Lord. And when you look throughout the, the Old Testament especially, the, the word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came. And you know what we need in America today? We need the word of the Lord to come. And, um, and we're grateful. Well, I want you to go with me to Hosea. I'm going to skip some things. I told you that I would be going through that book, Nehemiah Strong, from our good friend uh, John Dislin, and who's coming in September. So I'm going to hold off on that. And um, I was going to talk about some things for Brother Sadu that said last week, but I'll wait on that as well. But he did have some pretty shocking things. Did any of you listen to the, the, the thing we sent out? And, you know, um, he didn't beat around the bush. In other words, he said, prepare to meet your God. And God's going to have his way in our nation. In fact, God's going to blow a big trumpet. And we're going to see the hand of God at work in our midst. But we're not going to be shaken. Say, I'm not going to be shaken. How many of you know it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God? Now, you can fall into the hands of a dead God. It's not that fearful. 
But if you fall into the hands of a living God, you, you're, you're going to know the difference. And uh, so anyway, it's a time in which we're living. And, uh, but it's a time to stand and be and know who you've been called to be. Do I get an amen? amen. Jerry can get amens just like that. I'm going to have to learn the secret. But anyway, go with me to Hosea. I, I want to just um, cut to the chase this morning. There's some things we're going to have to know in this hour. And it's probably a good idea that you know them. You know, for example, you don't want to know about God. I mean, it's okay to know a little bit about Him, but you want to know Him, right? Yes. Knowing about somebody, it's, you know, that's, that's only gets you so far, but you want to know uh, you want to know that person, and we want to know who our God is. And there's a scripture in uh, Hosea chapter 4 that I've always heard, and I've proclaimed it. I've repeated it myself, but I, I want to look a little bit deeper. It's in verse 6. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And then he goes on, because you've rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. And because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will forget your children. How many of you know that's a serious scripture? So let's just ask the Lord to speak to us and give us understanding. And I feel like we've already had church this morning. It's been glorious to be in this place. I want God to do what He did this morning all the time. How many of you would say that's okay? Now, if we did the same thing like that all the time, we, wouldn't, we don't want that either. We want God's presence. And Lord, we thank you. Thank you so much, God, for your word. Man shall not live by bread alone. And we might even get the opportunity to find out how much that's true. But we thank you that man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so we thank you, Lord, that you're going to be faithful in drought or in the storms, in famine or in plenty, that you're the God that is going to be made known once again in this land as the God who speaks and the God who moves. And, Lord, we just thank you we get to be a part of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, look in verse 1 of chapter 4. And uh, Oh, by the way, wasn't it glorious with Bobby here last week? It was an amazing time. All, we had to bring all the chairs in. Bobby was so excited. I told him, I said, now you, Bobby, you can do this any time. You don't have to travel around the country. Just, just come do stuff here. So he's going to do something here in about three more weeks. Again, the end of uh, September. And uh, so anyway, you know, we've been called to host the presence of the Lord. And, um, and I, you know, we used to, you guys don't remember, but we had a big banner outside on the side of the building until it faded. And, you know, it looked, you couldn't even read it. But it used to say, the gathering, gathering for his kingdom's purposes. And so we wanted, that's why we're, we're here, that's what we're for. And we're going to volunteer in the day of his power. And this is the day of his power. But look in uh, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, hear the word of the Lord. There's an example of what I mentioned earlier. 
didn't say hear a word of the Lord. It said hear what? The word of the Lord. And that's why we want to be a people that hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. For the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. And then he gives an illustration of what's happening. He says, there's no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land by swearing and lying, killing and stealing, and committing adultery. Sounds like America in the year 2022, doesn't it? And they break all restraint. In other words, there's no restraint. And when the word, the word of the Lord is not proclaimed, guess what the people do? They cast off restraint. And everybody does what's right in their own eyes. And then it says, with bloodshed upon bloodshed. In other words, they'll double down. They are, you know, going to stay the course in their sin. And therefore, the land will mourn, and everyone who dwells there will waste away. And that's the context of verse 6, where it says, And my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, in every situation that you and I face in this hour, and if, if you're not going through something, hang on. Because you're going to go through stuff. And we're not here to, you know, just to tell you how sweet and pleasant everything is. We're going to tell you the truth. And you might even have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But when you do, what are you not going to do? You're not going to fear any evil. You're going to find that He's already prepared a table before you right in the presence of your enemies. And anyway, we're going, to, um, we're going to enjoy the journey. Say, I'm going to enjoy this journey. Because this is a journey like no other we've ever lived before. But you've been chosen for the time. Now, there are three things you need to consider in whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing. Number one, the Word of the Lord. What's the Word of the Lord in this? Right? God, what are you saying? How, do you, how many of you think that's a good plan? God, what are you saying about what's happening? Rather than what someone else is saying or what I'm thinking is the right, the right way, we know that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds. And then secondly, God, what is your will? Okay, Lord, I, I see part of the word, but God, what is your will for me? How does it apply for me? How many of you want to know not just a general word, but you want to know specifically, God, how does what you're saying in this hour apply to my life? How does it apply to my family? How are we going to walk out this that's happening that I know is the will of the Father, the word of the Lord? I want to know the will of God. And then the next thing we want to know is ways. You know, they, he showed his acts right to the children of, you know, Israel, but his his ways to Moses. How many of you want to know the ways of the Lord? How many of you found out His ways are much higher than your ways? And you need Him to make a highway for you, or you probably going to end up going the wrong way. you got to hear His voice. And that's the great thing about it. How many of you know we do hear His voice? That's a promise. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And another voice they will not follow. And so we got to believe that. Much of this Christian life is simply about believing what God has already said. Just believe. Okay, God, you said my sheep hear your voice. I'm one of your sheep. 
I've been born again. And so, therefore, I'm going to hear and I'm going to follow what you've said. Those that are led by the Spirit, they're the sons of God. How many sons of God do we have in this place? Okay, sons or daughters of the living God. Then we're going to walk after the Spirit of the Lord. We got to hear what God is saying. You know, there was a time in America where everybody's opinion mattered. You know, you could have a debate. I remember when I was a freshman in Northeast Louisiana, geography class, and they were going to debate as to how the world got here. And I found out pretty quick my opinion really didn't matter to the guy that had the authority in that room. But anyway, there used to be a time, and this was a long time ago. So if it was like that then, I wonder what it's like today. But how many of you know God, He not only has an opinion, He has the truth. And the opinions are going to come and go, but the Word of our God is going to abide forever. And we want to know what God is saying. John chapter 8, verse 47, Jesus said, He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. So you turn that around. Those who are of God does do what? They hear God's Word. Now, you might want to open the book sometime. That was going to help you a little bit to make that become a reality. But you hear, you have the capacity to hear from God. And uh, now there are many, many voices. How I many of you know there are many opinions? Although they are, like we said, they're eliminating a lot of the opinions. But they're not going to eliminate God's opinion. Because His opinion is going to last long after all of these other. You know, I ran across the, a little better interpretation of the Scripture that we often quote. Let God be true and every man a liar. We've said that many times. How many of you would agree with that? Well, the context of that verse says, For what if some did not believe, referring to those who were given the oracles of God? What if they do not believe? And it goes on. Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? And what's the answer? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man a liar. Now, what does that mean to us? What does it mean to you and me? It means everybody out there could have their opinion. They could all line up and say, this is the way. And they could all be wrong. But if you choose to believe what God said, for you, let God be true and every man a liar. God's going to be faithful to you. In fact, I'm absolutely convinced we're going to see the faithfulness of God on display. Now, I know there's a lot of negative things out there. You know, last week, Shirley got up here when Bobby called us up. Remember, at the end, if you were here, and said, do you have a word? And Shirley had a word. She was speaking about, you know, this is a great opportunity. Remember that. And I'm trying to remember why she said that, and so I came up with what I thought she was meaning, you know, that the opportunity of a lifetime only lasts during the lifetime of an opportunity. And so I repeated that. Then when we got home, she said, no, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, it had nothing to do. I mean, it's a pretty good thing to remember. But she was reminding me of a dream that I'd had years ago. 
And uh, so anyway, I need to share that because I think that has to do. And then we're going to get into things we need to know, and then we'll go home pretty soon. But there's some things you got to know today, okay? So we'll get there really quickly. But the dream was, I, in the dream, I was in a gig- among a gigantic crowd of people. I mean, the field was full of people every direction you looked. And all of them were looking for answers. They wanted to know, did God have anything to say about what's happening on the earth? And I just happened to be the one that was supposed to tell them that particular day. And, I, and so I'm walking through the crowd, and I'm looking around. And in, Now, in the dream, I'm doing what I probably literally would be doing if that happened today. I'm saying, God, what are, what are you going to say? What am I supposed to say? What am I going to tell the people? God, I'm, i got to get up there. They're expecting me to have something to say. God, what are you going to say? And when I get up to the platform, I still don't know what I'm going to say. I get up on the platform. I look out over this massive sea of people. And out of my mouth comes, this is not the opportunity of a decade. This is not the opportunity of your life. This is not the opportunity of a generation. This is the greatest opportunity in all of history to live for Jesus Christ and to be a child of God. And I want to encourage you in that. We have a great opportunity in front of us. I don't care what the devil has to say. I'm telling you what God has to say. This is the greatest opportunity in all of history. Now, there's some things we need to know, though, from the Bible. Go with me to 1 John. And I'll go quickly, and uh, we'll carry on. I feel words touch people. I believe people have been saved. How many of you feel like the Lord touched your, your, your body? You had a healing. Anybody, you feel like, okay, we're going to believe God. You know, you don't have to just trust what you feel. You just trust what God said. And you just believe and say, Lord, I receive by faith. There's nothing I can do to make anything happen. I just believe that you are the happening, and I'm going to grab hold and trust you. Does that sound good? Okay, 1 John chapter 4, I want to show you some things in verse 12. It says, no one has seen God at any time. Now, I, have, I look at that, and I have to think of a lot of things, but we'll get there some other time. But it says, if, if we love one another, God abides in us. And His love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him. And He in us because He has given us His Spirit. And we've seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. And whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him. And He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Now, how do we know we abide in him? we got to know in this hour that you belong to Jesus Christ. I mean, there's still folks out there that are still debating as to whether they're really belonging to him. That day has got to quickly come to an end. You can't be debating anymore. you got to know that you know that you're right with God in this hour. And nothing else is going to talk you out of that. So how are you going to know you invite in Him? Well, there are three things mentioned in that text. Number one, if we love one another. Now, if you're filled with hatred for your brother, there's probably a good chance 
you may not be as in love with God as you say you are. Does that make sense? If you say you love God and you hate your brother, guess what? Something has gone awry. And so we got to remember what Bob Jones, the message, and it was brought up here yesterday. We had a memorial service and uh, for our good friend who was a great testimony among us, Rodney Seymour. But the word was when Bob, remember, had that encounter, he went to heaven, and the, the test was, or the word was, did you learn to love? So if you want to know if you belong to him, I'm going to ask you, do you have love for one another? And do you put that on display? And then the next thing, he has given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us his Spirit, which tells me there's going to be some radical change about your life if you really know the Lord. You know, last week listening to Bobby share about all those stories before he knew the Lord, he's got some stories. I would have loved to hung around Bobby when, I, when he was in high school. I told him after we went to lunch, I said, Bobby, that would have been so neat to be with you letting chickens loose in the local high school. <laughs> you know, when, when the teachers and everybody shows up on a Monday morning. And he, he looked at me, he said, David, it was messy. It was really, it was messy. I, I'm the kind of guy, I'd have loved to have been there. I'd like to have seen. But how many of you had some pretty rotten things happen in your past? Well, that's your past. We were. That's where we were, but now we are, and we got to live like we are. And you know, there's something about the Spirit. I know it only mentions the Spirit in you, but He's the Holy Spirit. And one of the big things in this hour, how are you going to live holy? Does anybody have an answer? The only way I know is get out of the way. Die to yourself and let Him who is holy living in you be holy through you. I don't know if it's as hard as what we're making it. Yesterday, was it yesterday? No, Friday. I went up to see Martin Powell, and uh, you know he's been battling some sickness as well, and he's overcoming. And he was telling me about his son who has this incredible prophetic gift. And when he was 12 years old, he had this encounter where he went off into heaven and he met Bob Marley. Now, some folks, they scratch their head. I wondered about that because I, I turned over one time on the XM on Bob Marley's station, and one of his relatives, Rita Marley, is a great gospel singer. But anyway, it was a, quite an experience. I was wondering about that. And in fact, he said his son asked Bob Marley, I'm just talking, I'm just telling you, I'm reporting. His son asked Bob Marley, have you ever heard my dad's piano or music? And Bob Marley, he said, well, and he was asking, what did he think it was good music? He said, well, it's good, but it ain't reggae. So anyway, I thought, well, that's pretty cool. That's something that Bob Marley would say. But anyway, to make a, where'd you get that story about Bob Marley from? And it's probably because there's probably folks up there we thought never made it. And there's probably folks that ain't there we thought had a sure path. So we just got to make sure we're there ourselves. But he had a word. And he gave his, the phone to his son and he gave it to me. And he's in England. And he looked at me and he said, he said, I see you 
trying to iron a red shirt on an iron board. You're trying to get the wrinkles out. And the Lord wants you to know they're already out. Stop striving. Quit trying to get the wrinkles out. They're out. And anyway, that was his word from the UK. And I thought, you know, that's probably a pretty timely word. The red, the blood of Jesus. How many of you know the blood of Jesus does a pretty good job? I was reading where someone said, now the good news is that, you know, there's nothing that you can do that's bad enough to keep you out of heaven. But the bad news is there's nothing that you can do that's good enough to get you there. The only way to get there is through the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And then we want to just be a radical people. And then those who confess that He is the Son of God. Can I tell you, people are doing that right now all over the earth. They're confessing Him. They've known Him as the Son of Man. Now they're getting to know Him as the Son of God. All right, now look over in uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 15. Okay, there's a list of them here. And we know. Say, and we know. And if we know is really the text. If we know that He hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. There are two things we need to know here. Number one, we need to know that He hears us. Are you absolutely convinced that when you call on God, He has an ear for your cries? I could read many scriptures. Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for God, for the Lord, and He inclined to me and turned to me, and he heard my cry. Psalm 34, verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all of my fears. That may, that may be one of the scriptures you want to memorize. Verse 6 of that same chapter, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Sound like a pretty good thing, doesn't it? Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. And the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. But the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. How many of you like a God like that? You cry out to him, and then he hears. And then the next thing we need to know is that when we know that he hears, we have the petition for which we ask. You know, Jesus said something. He said, ask of me. Right? Whoever asks does what? Receives. Whoever knocks, what will happen? The door will be open. If you seek, what are you going to do? You're going to find. You know, instead of making it so difficult, we might want to just believe what he said. If you ask, you receive. If you seek, you're going to find. If you knock, and if you think he's not listening, knock a little louder. But I'm telling you, he's listening. And the door is going to be open to you. So we got to believe God. Say, I believe him. And we're going to trust him. And then the next thing, look in verse, uh, goes on in verse 18. Now we know that whoever is born of God, now this is one of the tricky ones, does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. Now, you know, you could get tripped up on that. 
The, you know, if anyone says he hadn't sinned, he makes him, he's a liar, and the truth is not in him. If anyone sins, we have an advocate. So you have to search it out. What it means is, is that we know that whatever is born of God does not continue in sin. I mean, if you know, that's what it means. It means you have the power, something's happened to break the power of sin. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to live there. You can truly repent and truly be changed by the power of Jesus Christ. The power of the gospel for, to live out a changed life. But when you do sin, we have an advocate. How many of you are glad we have an advocate that we can run to? And right now, many are running to Him. And they're finding forgiveness. If you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from how much? All of your unrighteousness. And then what He gives you is righteousness. So we know that whatever is born of God does not continue in sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself. And the evil one or the wicked one does not touch him. I mean, if you feel like the enemy sometimes touches you, it seems like sometimes, but he'll never do anything without the permission of Almighty God. And Job discovered that. Also, he'll not do anything unless there's an open door. So you rise up, you close the door, and you say, no, he has no permission. And he has no authority here. God has all authority. We just got to be who we've been called to be. And then in verse 19, we know that we are of God. we got to know that we're of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. You know, we've talked about this. you got to remember, to have a biblical worldview, Satan is the God of this world system. And it doesn't matter whatever you quote, whatever you say you believe. Jesus himself, even, when he was tempted... Satan said, I'll give all of this to you. Why did he say that? Because it was all his. I'll give all this to you, Jesus. All you got to do is come up here and worship me. And he said, get thee, remember, get thee behind me. So Satan's the God of the world system. But he's not the God of the earth. And he's not the God of me and you. Because I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. How many of you would agree on that? How many of you think the world system is shaking right now? The governments of this. One thing i got to tell you that Brother Sidhu saw. And if you read that or you listen, he saw judgment coming on the White House. Big time. When I, when I heard that, I thought, well, that's probably why I didn't even want to step foot on that property, Lord. I didn't even want to look at that house. But I went out of obedience and we prayed. But that could be a dangerous place to be. In fact, didn't I just see that lightning struck? And I'm telling you, that's just the beginning. But God's going to have His way. He's going to demonstrate that even though the whole world lies under the wicked one, under the sway of the wicked one, that God is still ruling and reigning over the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we're in the world that's being shaken, but we're not of this world. And this world is passing away, but not the kingdom of God. And I think that Richard reminded of that this morning, reminded us of that. Now look in verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true, 
and we are in Him who is true, who, in, who is true in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. In other words, we know the truth, and we know the one who is true. And we're going to believe not the lies of the world. We're going to believe the truth of our God. And though the world is passing away, and the world might even come after our head, we're going to believe what God said regardless. I listened again this week to Mark Robison. I pray that he becomes the governor of North Carolina. He's a mighty man of God. And uh, I appreciate every time he gives a political speech, the first thing he does, he just gives glory to his Savior, Jesus Christ. And anyway, he was talking about, he said, you know, my favorite character is John the Baptist. You know what happened to John the Baptist, right? He lost his head on a silver platter, you know. They brought his head. And uh, he said, how did he put that? He said, I'd rather lose my head in this world and gain my soul for eternity you know, then lose my soul and gain my head, but spend eternity wherever, you know, the opposite. And we may lose our head in this hour, but we're living for eternity. We know the one who is true, and we know that there's eternal life. And we're going to keep on living. Here's some other things. You guys with me? Everybody's still here. Here's some things you got to know. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, referring to the things that he was suffering... He said, nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed unto him against that day. How many of you know that for an absolute fact? That everything you've committed to him. You guys, your children, you've committed your children to him. Well, I believe, I'm persuaded that whatever I've committed unto him, he is able to keep. Until that day. And I'm not going to back off of that. That's something you need to know. And then Romans 8, 28. And we know. Say, we know. All things do what? They work together for good. To them who do what? They love God and they are called according to His purpose. Now we know you've got to give room for the God of this world, the sway of the wicked one. But whatever happens in my life, because I love God... And I'm called according to His purpose. God is going to use whatever happens and whatever comes my way for my good. And I know that God is going to be faithful to what He's promised. How many of you know that? Now, you know what the context of Romans 8 is? They never tell us that. The sufferings of this present age will not compare with the glory. Also talks about the sons of God, all of creation waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. There are people that preach that message, but they never tell us the rest of the story. You know how the sons are going to emerge? Out of great trial, challenge, suffering, difficulty, but they're going to rise up, and they're going to believe God. They know in whom they have believed. They know that God will cause all things to work together for good. They've chosen to believe Him. And the sons of God are going to rise up in the midst. That's what all of creation is waiting for for this moment. And God's going to have His way. And then another thing we need to know is Job 19.25. Listen to this. For I know that my Redeemer lives. Just say that. I know that my Redeemer lives. And listen to the rest. And he shall stand 
on the earth. What does that mean? He's the last one standing, for one thing, is that it means, and he's also coming back. But when all is said and done, all these other guys, you're not going to find them. You're going to find him. I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand on the earth. And here's what the rest of that verse says, Job. And after my skin is destroyed, that's what Job said, this I know, I know that in my flesh I shall see God. In other words, he wasn't that concerned about his skin being destroyed. His focus was on that last. I know at the end when it's all said and done, regardless of what comes my way, I'm going to see my God. That's how he could say, you know, though you slay me, yet will I trust in you. I wonder how many are going to take up that testimony in this hour. How many of you are determined you're going to be one of them? Lord, though you, Lord, though you slay me. I will put my trust in you. Now, those guys in that religious structure, the church said you, that never would happen. But if it does happen, God, I know it's going to be for my good. And I know when it's all said and done, I'm going to stand before you. And you got to know that. And then 1 Corinthians, now here's a good one to know. We know in part. I mean, have you found anybody that knows it all? If you find somebody that knows it all, you might want to, you know, vacate the premises. Because I don't know anybody. I just know the one who is all. Those, and here's another one. Those that know their God. Daniel eleven thirty two. Those that know their God. But what's the context of that? Trouble. The wicked doing wickedly. Sounds like to me they've doubled down. Have you noticed some states are doubling down against what the Supreme Court said? They're just going to double down? You know there are many in America that are at war with God? How many of you know that's probably not going to work out too well when it's all said and done? But you know, there'll be a little time. But we know those that know their God shall be strong. And shall carry out great exploits. That means the most simple among us are going to do things you'd have never thought was possible. But they're possible with God. And they're possible with those you never thought they would be able to do those because they believed in the impossibilities. That God was able to do what men could not do. I like that. I think it's pretty good. And then the last thing I'm going to mention this morning. You guys are awful quiet. You know the Apostle Paul, what did, what did he say? That I might know him and the power of what? His resurrection and, and the fellowship of his sufferings. That we would know him. In all ways. You know, we were thinking it was Monday morning. We pray every Monday morning at 7.30. And uh, somehow the scripture came up. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. And I'm all for it. I agree with that. But do you know what that scripture really says? How come we leave out part? And the God of peace shall crush Satan under your feet shortly. 
There are many that leave that out. Listen, God is God whether there's a shortly or not. He's still going to crush Satan under your feet whether there's a short time to wait and trust, be refined, get the wrinkles out, you know, all these things so that you'll be a bride perfected and ready and all these things. But he's still God. He's still God. And Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. So there's some things we need to know. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, just to wrap it up, if you've been, you know, daydreaming, I can remember when I was a kid at church, I'd be daydreaming. One time I was daydreaming and I, well, anyway, I daydreamed a lot. How many of you ever have that problem when you're kids? I'm just confessing. This is confession time. Anyway, we we don't want to daydream, but I don't even know exactly why I told you that story. Maybe God will bring it back to my memory, but I'm just telling you God is doing something mighty, whether you can see it or not. And don't you lose heart. Don't don't you dare. We're not going to let you lose heart. There are going to be a few challenges. There are opportunities. Say, my challenge is God's opportunity. And it's my chance to prove that I love Him. And that I believe Him. And that I'm going to follow Him. No matter what I see. No matter what I feel. Especially what I feel. My faith is in Him, and I'm going to stand. And even though my skin might be destroyed, I'm going to see Him on that day. Because I know in whom I have believed, and I'm absolutely persuaded that He is able to keep what I've committed unto Him against that day. And I'm not backing off. I'm not backing down. All hell can break out. I'm going to let heaven break out in me. And I'm going to walk in the midst of hell on the earth and let Jesus be glorified and bring heaven in Jesus' name. How many of you agree with that? You believe it? We're going to see God. So we thank the Lord. Hey, I think we've had a lot of ministry, but I want our guys to come and be around the front. And uh, there are others that need to come and just agree with someone. Let someone agree with you. You guys that are watching, we so appreciate you. You know, I want to keep you updated. Uganda is still going strong. In fact, in my opinion, it's going stronger. It's stronger. One of the issues is this, is that these discipleship gatherings are getting more expensive over there just like they are, things are getting more expensive here. So we have money for Bibles. I, man, we got money for lots of Bibles. But we need some extra help, these discipleship programs and uh, that they're arranging for us. From my back porch on an iPad in Moravian Falls, North Carolina. It's a great revival that's happening on the earth. And we're a part of it. Well, we need a little help if, you don't, if God speaks to you. Now, they prayed that I would meet a billionaire. 
And I don't know if he's a billionaire, but somebody gave a big gift for Bibles. Well, I'm asking now, God, raise up another billionaire so that we can have all of these discipleship gatherings without having to crunch numbers and meet some kind of stupid human budget in Jesus' name. So is that okay if I just throw that out? Because they send me the budget, and I'm, I'm looking at what we have left in our... We have two accounts. We have a Uganda Bible account over there in the office. Tony knows about it. It's got a lot of money. And then the other one, the Uganda Revival account. And it ain't got that much money. So by faith, God's going to fill it. You guys with me? And uh, so thank you, billionaire, for watching today and, and helping. And I promise you, every penny will go to Uganda, although it's spreading into Congo, Rwanda, and what's it, Tanzania, and Kenya. And so we may use some of that for these other countries. And if, my, if I had my mind, it spread through the whole continent of Africa, spread into Asia, and make a way over here into America. It's time for revival to break out. So I've had my say. Come on up. You got to say. Yes, say something. Could you, re- could you remind them what Benny Hinn's um, word was? Oh, I, I love that word. And Excellent word. Because so. some of you, so we can catch the people up. Yes. Okay, how did all this happen? We planned it. No. Night, 2019, Benny Hinn was doing a crusade in Uganda. And he was walking across, and he stopped. And he said, oh, I see a vision. I see a great move of the Holy Spirit. Revival, an outbreak of the Holy Spirit, coming to Uganda in three years. Three years, a great revival would come to Uganda. Well, guess what happened in three years? It's a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. Now, folks... You're as much a part as that as I am, okay? Because we got a prayer team. They're praying over Uganda. That's the flag over there. You're a part of it. So let's just enjoy God. Don't let the enemy tell you God's not working. He's working mightily. And we thank you, Lord, for that. Now, God touched people this morning in a way that they would have been totally... God, they never would have believed. But you're doing it, and we give you all the praise. And I want to pray. I know Jerry prayed for the lost, but if someone just came online and you're watching right now, you got to just go ahead and stand. We're going to break out of here in just a moment. I want you to come for prayer. But if you've never met Jesus, I wish I could tell you there's a whole lot of time. But there's a time, you know, the Holy Spirit is not going to strive with man forever. Do you know there's going to come a day when the door's going to be shut? You know, there was a day when God told Noah, Okay, Noah, you preached all these years. Close the door. That's it. And there's going to come a time where the door is going to be closed. But it ain't closed yet. This is your opportunity. This is the day of salvation. So just, I want to lead you in a prayer. Say, Dear God, I believe in you. And I need you. And I confess Jesus is the Son of God, that He lived, that He died, and He rose from the dead. I ask You to forgive me of all my sin. I choose to turn from my way, and I choose to follow Jesus, and I make Him my way. He is the way. He is the truth, 
and He is the life. And so I call upon you, and by faith I receive you into my life, and my heart is Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved.